Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today you're in for a special treat as Rabbi presents our study from the Holy Land. During the end times, there is great significance to the Mount of Olives, the Temple Mount, and Israel herself. And a lot of people have a difficult time understanding this significance. But today, Rabbi Schneider reveals how connected God is to Israel and how Jesus confirmed the end of the age. Now, this program was filmed on location in Israel for our television audience a year ago, before the current events happening in Israel even began. But we thought this show was extremely important, and this series over the next couple days that you're going to be hearing was important to share with you, our radio audience, especially in light of the current situation. This topic could be sensitive for some listeners, so we want to encourage you to enter into this show with an open mind, and this message is titled, Jesus Return, Let's Get started. I'm standing on the Mount of Olives right outside Jerusalem. The reason, beloved ones, there are so many gravestones up here is because Jewish people and Christians alike believe that when Messiah's glory is first manifest on earth and Messiah's coming, of course, as Christians, we believe it's the second coming. Jewish people that don't believe in Jesus are still waiting for the first coming. But what we share together is that when Messiah's glory is manifest on earth again, it's gonna first come right here on the Mount of Olives. Listen now to Zechariah chapter number four. 14. Hear the word of God. Behold, a day is coming for the Lord when the spoil will be taken from you and will be divided among you. For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be captured. The house is plundered, the women ravished, and half of the city exiled, but the rest of the people will not be cut off from the city. This is talking about Armageddon and how the nations of the earth are gonna be gathered against Israel and against this city in Jerusalem and the destruction that's gonna come here, but God is gonna save a remnant of the city. So let's continue on. Then the Lord, in verse three, will go forth and fight against those nations as when he fights on a day of battle. In that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, where I am presently standing. So what happens? Israel and Jerusalem are under siege. They're being taken captive. They're being plundered. But at the last minute, Messiah's glory breaks onto planet Earth. He defeats the enemies of Israel right at this spot is where his manifest glory first breaks in. Listen again. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as when he fights on a day of battle. In that day, his feet will stand where? On the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives will be split in the middle from east to west by a very large valley so that half the mountain will move toward the north and the other half towards the south. And then it just continues on about how the glory of God is gonna cover the earth. So the reason that you see all these gray stones around me is because people wanna be the first ones to meet Messiah when he comes, and so they wanna be buried here because this is where Messiah's glory is gonna first hit the earth at his coming. 
The Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter one, that it was here at the Mount of Olives that Yeshua rose from the earth and was received into the clouds as the disciples watched him before beloved, his departure from earth to heaven during his first coming. Listen now, as I read from the book of Acts, here we go. Gathering them together in Acts 1-4, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the uttermost parts of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky, right from this place, beloved ones, right from the Mount of Olives, which I'm now standing on, and after he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky, while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you've watched him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet. I'm going now to the book of Matthew, chapter number 23, beginning in verse 37. These are the words of Yeshua. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together, the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were unwilling. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. For I say to you from now on, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now I'm gonna go back to the scripture in just a second, but I want you to focus on this one phrase that Jesus said that I just read for you. He told Israel that because they didn't recognize the time of his visitation, that their house and the house beloved was the temple was gonna be left to them desolate. He said in verse 38, behold, your house is being left to you desolate. Let's continue on in chapter 24. Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came to point out the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, do you not see all these things? He was talking about the glory of the temple that once stood behind me. Where the temple actually stood during Jesus's time, now all you see, beloved, is the Dome of the Rock, which is for Muslims, not Jews. What happened? The house of God, the house of Israel, the temple, was destroyed in 70 AD. Jesus' prophecy that I just read for you happened just 40 years after his death. It became desolate. The Romans came in and destroyed it. So let's continue on now with that understanding in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus came out from the temple and was going away when his disciples came up to the point outside the temple buildings to him. And he said to them, do you not see all these things? He was pointing at the beauty and the glory of the temple. He said this, truly I say to you, not one stone here, meaning the temple stones, meaning the stones that the temple was built with. Do you not see all these things? Truly I say to you, not one stone here will be left upon another, which will not be torn down. 
He was sitting on the Mount of Olives, which is where I'm standing right now, and the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And so Jesus from the Mount of Olives, where I'm standing right now, began to talk about the sign of a second coming. Let's review once again. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's from the Mount of Olives. He's talking to them that not one of the stones that the temple was built on, that was once right behind me, but it's no longer there, it's destroyed because he said to the Jewish people, it's destroyed because you didn't recognize the time of my visitation with you, the time of Messiah's coming. And then Jesus began to speak about the end of the age. And they said, tell us, Lord, when will the end of the age be? And what will be the signs of your second coming? And so Jesus said this, as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, which is once again where I'm standing right now. He said this, see to it no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. I believe, beloved, this today speaks of false denominations, religious movements that are no longer preaching the gospel. They read the scriptures, but they don't really teach that Jesus is the only way. They hold the value of political correctness over the word of God. But Jesus said, straight and narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. The gospels say that there is no name under heaven by which men can be saved. But we have many religious movements today that call themselves the Christian movement. They're false Christs, just like Jesus said, leading many astray, teaching people that Jesus is just one path to religion, that other religious paths they teach also can lead to God. These are the false Christ, beloved, that Jesus was speaking of here from the Mount of Olives that would mislead many in the last stage. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and Rabbi will be right back. But first, did you know that you can receive real-time encouragement straight from Rabbi through text message? Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com and click on the link that says Rabbi Text Me, or you can text the keyword Rabbi to the number 88777. Rabbi sends these special text messages as the Holy Spirit leads, and he looks forward to connecting with you real soon. Thank you for remembering that Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a listener-supported ministry. Rabbi Schneider's teachings are made possible through the generous gifts from people like you, who understand the importance of sharing the good news of Jesus' return. Because of you, we are changing lives all over the world. Give online by visiting discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800-777-7835. That's 800-777-7835. And now let's get back to Rabbi's message. Let's continue on. You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. And there's such an unrest right now on planet Earth, such a a fear as all these rogue countries are getting their hands on nuclear weapons. And once these rogue countries get their hands on nuclear weapons, what's gonna happen is they're gonna hold the nations of the world hostage through blackmail. Jesus was speaking about this terrible time that's coming on planet Earth that's leading up to his return. He said, once again, you'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for these things must take place. Notice he said this, see that you're not frightened. 
our response to the terrorism that's taking place around us, to the growing nuclear threat of countries that are hostile against America and against Israel. Our response to these realities, beloved, should not be fear. It's interesting. Jesus tells us it's going to happen, but then he says this, see that you are not frightened. He continues on, for these things must take place, but that is not yet the end. This has to happen before Jesus' return. Daniel told us in the book of Daniel that before Messiah could come, the Antichrist or the anti-Messiah, the son of lawlessness must first come. And he told us that the son of lawlessness couldn't come until sin had reached a climax. Jesus quoted from the book of Daniel in Matthew 24, testifying that Daniel's prophecies about the end of the age were accurate and came from his father. Let's continue on here as Jesus talked from the Mount of Olives where I'm now standing about the end of the age and about the signs leading up to his second coming. Verse number seven, he said, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places, there'll be famines and earthquakes. But all these things Jesus said are merely the beginning of the birth pangs. They're just the beginning. He used that as an analogy to tell us about these things that are happening on planet Earth now, the wars, the hurricanes, the natural disasters, etc. He said they're like birth pangs. When a woman begins to have birth pangs, what happens? You might have one, then the next one might not come for another several hours. But slowly what happens is the birth pangs start happening in closer frequency to each other and they begin to get worse. That's what's happening on planet Earth right now. The things that we're facing, beloved, they're happening quicker and quicker and they're getting worse, just like a woman's birth pangs intensify before she finally gives labor. As we continue on in verse number nine, then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And we're hearing now about people that are standing for moral righteousness, even in the United States, like that woman that was a clerk of courts and she had a conviction that marriage was to be between a man and a woman and she wasn't willing to issue the certificate of marriage. What did they do? They threw her in jail. They eventually released her, but this is just the beginning. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you and you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. And at that time, Jesus said, many will fall away. I wanna ask you, as things get tougher, are you gonna hang on to Jesus and seize his word and not let anything else in? Or are you gonna fear? This is why Jesus said, do not be frightened. Or are you gonna fear and fall away? Jesus said at the time of hardship that's coming on the planet, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. Because of lawlessness is increasing, most people's love will grow cold. But get this now, but Jesus said, but the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. And this gospel, this gospel that I'm preaching to you right now, beloved, the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? The kingdom is when God reigns on earth. You see, the earth's gonna get worse before it gets better. Things are gonna get harder before they get easier. But Jesus said, he that endures to the end shall be saved. I wanna encourage you, get ready, hang on, I want to strongly challenge you to be aware of the gospel of easy believism that's telling the church that before anything gets difficult on planet Earth, God's going to take out the church. That's not what Jesus taught. 
Jesus taught that his people would go through the tribulation, but that he that endured to the end, Matthew 24, would be saved. And then finally, Jesus concludes by saying, this gospel shall be preached to the end of the earth, and then the end shall come. Jesus loves you, and he's getting ready to come back for you. Put your hand over your heart right now and say, Jesus is coming back for me. Beloved, I want to stress again that Jesus's last words were these in Revelation 22, behold, I come quickly. You and I have a tendency because of our natural state of forgetting the return of Jesus. In other words, we go on, beloved ones, in our daily lives, just taking care of the things of the urgent, attending to our jobs, our health, our kids, all the other things that are the routine affairs of life. And in our focus to simply take care of the here and the now, we need to remember and remind ourselves that Jesus is returning soon. Jesus told us a story about 10 virgins. And these 10 virgins were waiting for the bridegroom to return. Now notice that all 10 virgins began looking for the bridegroom to return. But the scripture tells us this, that because the bridegroom had delayed, in other words, he didn't come back quickly, he delayed in his coming, five of the 10 virgins fell asleep. They got drowsy, they stopped looking. And then suddenly, when the bridegroom did return, those that were not looking, those that were not expecting, those that were not preparing themselves, they were not able to enter into his presence. Of course, the reason for this, the reason Jesus told us this, is he wanted you and I to be ready for his return and not to fall asleep, not to stop looking because it's delayed. In other words, it's been 2,000 years. And because it didn't happen yesterday and a week ago and a year ago, we have a tendency to stop looking. But Jesus wants to wake you and I up today. He wants to remind you and remind me he is coming. He's coming soon. He wants us to look up for our redemption draweth nigh. If you've never trusted Jesus to be your savior, if you've never turned your life over to him and asked him to forgive you, and to come and live inside you, I want to invite you to do that right now. Let's just pray together, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you're God in the flesh. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And I ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to forgive me, to come into my heart and save me. I turn my life over to you now. I am repenting right now. I'm gonna change directions and I'm gonna follow you. Jesus, come into my life and save me. I wanna be ready for your return. Thank you for loving me, Lord Jesus. And I'm waiting for you, my King, to return for me. Put your hand over your heart and say, Jesus is coming back for me. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Our Bible teacher is Rabbi Schneider, and we've been learning more about the Mount of Olives and the Temple Mount on location in Israel. And if you'd like to learn more about this topic, or if you'd like to see the sights from today's message from our series titled The Holy Land, please visit us online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com or check out our YouTube channel. And you know, it's an honor and privilege 
privilege to be broadcasting from Israel, and we could not reach the Jewish people with the good news of Jesus without the prayers and support of our faithful friends. We'd love for you to join with us this year as we continue to share the good news of Yeshua, the Jewish Jesus, with people all around the world. And to explain why your support is so important, here is Rabbi. You know why the Lord asks you and I to tithe? Because when you and I tithe, we open up our hearts to Him, and in so doing, we're able to receive in an experiential way His love. You see, when we don't trust God with our finances, what we're unconsciously doing is agreeing with fear. That's why most people don't honor God with their finances, at least significantly. They might tip God, but they don't really tithe, which is the precedent of the entire Bible, all the new. Why? Because they're afraid to. They think if I tithe, then I'm gonna fall on my face and I can't really trust God. I wanna encourage you, beloved, and I wanna encourage myself. Let's choose faith, not fear. God told us, if you honor me with the first fruit of your wealth, your barn is gonna be full. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. I want to encourage those of you today that love God. Listen, take that next step if you haven't already. Honor the Lord and trust him with your finances. Be a giver. Jesus said it will come back to you pressed down, good measure, and running over into your lap. If you'd like to support this ministry with a gift of any amount, simply visit DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com or give a gift of any amount over the phone by connecting with one of our friendly staff members. The number to dial is 800-777-7835. As our way of saying thank you for your financial gift, we'll send you Rabbi Schneider's message of the month that's available as a digital download. And you know, these messages, they touch the lives of believers all over the world. And I'd like to just take a moment right now to share a message we received on our social media feeds. And it reads, I am so thankful and blessed for your words of encouragement and truth regarding the reality of rough times or birth pains before Messiah's second coming. I feel it too that we are so close. God bless you as you seek the Lord and keep you in perfect peace as you keep your mind on what God has called you to do during these times. Isn't that encouraging? These times are challenging, but as Rabbi reminds us, we can overcome with the Lord's help and his direction. And if you'd like to send us your testimony, just shoot us a message at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And right now, let's wrap up today's message titled, Jesus Return, with a blessing from Rabbi Schneider. The ironic blessing in the book of Numbers chapter six is not a blessing that comes from an impersonal being out there somewhere in the heavens. This special blessing comes from a person, Yahweh, God Almighty, our creator and maker. So receive God's blessing into your life right now. Yahweh <laughs> Yair Yahweh Panavelecha Vihunecha Isa Yahweh Panavelecha Veasem Lecha
Shalom. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. If you'd like more information about Discovering the Jewish Jesus, visit our website at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And while you're there, let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through Discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us next time when Rabbi Schneider continues our study on the Holy Land. That's coming up Thursday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.